Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Kelly Green Hour as the 1-4-1 Philadelphia Eagles fell to the, what are they now, 4-1, 5-1 Baltimore Ravens, 30-28. to And Carson Wentz and the Philadelphia Eagles deserve a lot of credit, especially for what they're going through. But before we get to recap of the game, I'm LJ Harrell, your host. And as always, joining me is my co-host, Connor. Connor, what's up, buddy? Not much, my man. I am ready for some Thursday night football. And and definitely, like you said, we, we, we have some, despite the loss, we definitely have some positives to roll out, especially given the circumstances of the lineup. But uh, yeah, I'm ready to do this. Yes, sir. I agree. And before we get started, as always, thanking everybody, uh, thanking all our listeners. And as always, you can follow us on Twitter at Kelly Green Hour. Follow Connor on Twitter at Connor10 and follow me on Twitter at LJHarrell54. Um, and as always, rate and review um, our show and give us any feedback. We we appreciate any and all uh, as we look to improve the show over, you know, throughout this season and for uh, upcoming seasons as we keep this thing going along. All right. So the Philadelphia Eagles fell to Baltimore 30-28. to 28. Fortunately, the Baltimore Ravens didn't have Yannick Ngakwe, who they just, you know, traded for. Um, so Calais Campbell had a field day with Jamon Brown who got cut and then got re-signed to the practice squad and then got elevated to the active roster uh, for Thursday night's game. So I'm, um, you know, not happy about that because uh, Jamon Brown, you, you talked about in, in previous weeks, Connor, how Matt Pryor might have been our worst, the worst lineman that we've had. Jamon Brown said, hold my tea here. I want to show you what's up. And he was terrible. I don't think I've ever seen a, uh, an offensive lineman play as bad as he he did against Calais Campbell and, and look, Calais Campbell's a good, a good, a good player, a really good player, you know, a former all pro, but that was ridiculous how bad he schooled Jamon Brown. Yeah. And, and some of the videos are very, very unflattering towards him where he stops mid play to fix his gloves and yeah, where he, he sacks sat, Carson where Wentz. he pretty much deserves half a sack credit for Carson when one of Wentz's sacks, but I mean, that's one of the reasons you have to give Carson Wentz a ton of credit. And a lot mm-hmm. of former, like, Torrey Smith, Michael Vick were like, Michael Vick even said it today, he looks like he's 2017 Carson Wentz in that last game. It's just, what can, how can he look like true 2017 Carson Wentz when he's got, he's missing his starting left tackle, starting left guard, starting right guard, starting right tackle. Like, you're missing a lot of key pieces. You're missing your, technically, technically missing your wide receiver one technically missing your wide receiver too but they have pretty easily been replaced and then missing your tight end one your rb one your tight end two like the list goes on yeah and you 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 missing even wide receiver three and jalen rager so like and and then you're you're in theory missing six starting offensive linemen if you want to go back to andre dillard you have dillard peters sayamalu Pryor, lane johnson um I'm, I'm missing uh, missing somebody. Oh, if you go back to Brooks and then Brandon Brooks, like you are missing so many guys that were supposed to be starters on this team. In the game Sunday against the Ravens, the Eagles had two of 11 starters on offense. It was Jason Kelsey and it was Carson Wentz. And you're right, Carson Wentz deserves a ton of credit because he, you know, he didn't play a perfect game. Um, but he fumbled the ball, but he is starting to look like the 2017 Wentz where he's, he's moving around the pocket. He's running when he needs to. He had that good, what is that? 25, 
or 40 yards, I forget how many yards it was, that when mm. he, he had that run in the fourth quarter when they were down by two scores. And, yes, maybe Baltimore was playing more zone and playing off and not trying to get beat deep. But with what he's playing with, you, you mentioned it, Sanders out, he was out. Zach Ertz is out now four to six weeks. The, the, the offensive line that was playing in front of him, he's throwing the ball to Greg Ward and Travis Fulgham, who's really turning into a household name. I mean, when number 81 caught a touchdown pass for us, I said who? And it's been a while, probably since last, the end of last year, that I said who when I saw somebody wearing an Eagles uniform. And that was just like, who the heck is Kroon? Like, I've never heard of this guy before. And, and Carson we may, Wentz We may learn his name very much over the next couple weeks yeah. now. I mean, I know, I know who you want to hear. Like, you, want, you want the Eagles to start uh, – or not uh, – start Hakeem playing, Butler. Uh, Hakeem Butler. You're damn maybe, right I do. Who knows? Maybe that we'll, we'll start seeing him out there. But, like, when, when Carson Wentz is playing with these guys and people are sitting there going like and, – and just talking about the way – how bad of a – how bad he's playing – or the turnovers, you have to think about the, the supporting cast around him. Like, he doesn't have anything. When you, if you want to talk bad about a quarterback who has a good – and when they have a good supporting class, um, a supporting cast, excuse me, talk about Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton has the same supporting cast that, that Dak Prescott has, and he did nothing Monday night against uh, the Cardinals, whose defense, you know, they, they're all right, but they're not world beaters. And he couldn't do anything with the same, with the same starting cast that um, Dak Prescott was leading the league in passing in. So that's where you would put, you know, all the blame on a quarterback. What Carson Wentz is doing with this offense and against two, the back, the last two teams they played uh, AFC North, North powerhouses and the Steelers and the Ravens who have two of the top five defenses in the NFL. He deserves a lot of credit. Yeah. I mean, they were, he went pound for pound with them and he took shot after shot and he did a really Mm -hmm. good job and you got to give him a lot of credit for that. But you also got to give a lot of credit as always to the people who are stepping up in that in to help him and to support him. Travis Fulgham, um, Jordan Mailata, Greg Ward, again, like those names are coming to come to mind again this year. These random names who are stepping up and getting a real golden opportunity. And they, they really do. They really are impressing me. But I also think that Doug Peterson did not do Carson Wentz any justice at the beginning of the game where we didn't get positive yardage until about a quarter and a that half was when Jalen the Hurt, game. And that was when Jalen Hurts came in the game, which I also want to talk about in a little bit because Jalen Hurts really provides a spark for this offense. He had, he had, uh, he, he had the 20 yard run on an RPO with Miles Sanders um, like, and, and got blocking from Carson Wentz. Think about this for, for in a couple minutes we're going to discuss, but Jalen Hurts, does he deserve more plays? Does he deserve a bigger package? Because when he's on the field, defenses know where he's at. Defenses go where he's going. And that's why the Eagles are able to find holes when, when he's on the field. And when he's on the field, they're averaging close to five yards a play. That, and mm-hmm. and he's, on, he's been on the field, I think, 18 times. Like, that's a considerable amount. Like, they are producing when he is on the football field. Mm-hmm. No, definitely. I mean, it goes without saying we can touch on it quick right now. Jalen Hurts definitely needs to be on the field more, but not in the way that he should be starting over Carson Wentz, oh, no, but in no, the way no, that no, no. he opens that field up a lot more than people want people think because he he can he could catch the ball, he can run the ball, 
He can throw the ball. He can basically do everything we currently need out of players right now. So he is definitely a big um, a big piece. It really opens it up. And I mean, there's nothing more that can be said about it. I, I in my write up post game last week, I put it's a Jalen Hurts effect. Look at what the Jalen Hurts effect has had on players, on plays taking place, and on Doug Peterson's play calling. It looks like 2017 Doug Peterson when Jalen Hurts is on the field. When Jalen Hurts is not on the field for that first quarter and a half, that was so stagnant. That was so, so like bad. you people want to blame Carson Wentz. No, that was Doug Peterson attempting to establish a run against a team you're just not going to establish a run against. And no, that wasn't the strategy. The announcers broke down the strategy was trying to do, and I rolled my eyes because this is a team. This was a team, and it showed you just had to open it up. You had to let Carson Wentz air it out. You just had to go all out. Yeah, and on on the one big run that the Eagles had, Jalen Hurts was on the on the field. You know. And one of his, one of Carson Wentz's to Jalen Hurts when they tried the double pass, and I think they wanted to throw the ball downfield, but Baltimore did a good job of covering it up, and Carson just take get the ball to Hurts, let him get a couple of yards, and move on to the next play. But it, as we start seeing the expanded package for Jalen Hurts, I think we're going to start seeing the ball get thrown by Hurts. Hurts had that one pass against the Steelers to um, to Richard Rodgers. We're, we're going to start seeing him throw the ball, and then that'll because when he comes on the field, teams think, all right, he's gonna run. If he's if he's in this if he's getting the snap from from Kelsey, they're thinking, okay, he's gonna hand it off a run. They're not really gonna throw. It. Once you start incorporating that, and maybe you don't have to do that against the Giants because they're not a good team, but maybe that's but that's also something you want to show. So Dallas the next week has to prepare for that. They have to take time out of their practice to prepare for a Jalen Hurts package, and that and that could be effective. For you, and that could be an advantage for you um, as the Eagles look to try to get on a roll because they start this three-game division, three games in a row against the division where if they can win these three games, that one and four that we're looking at now, and they go to four and four, totally different outlook going um, into the second half of the season. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. I mean, it goes without saying it's like it's a crazy it's a huge opportunity and you never thought you'd be talking about it sitting looking at a one four and one team that it, this division would be so wide open and this opportunity would be so there for us. Yeah, and, and it, they're for, very fortunate that Dallas, who I mean, you talked about it in the in, in, you know, in our offseason um, roundup for coming into the year you were talking about how dallas will have three 1000 yard receivers and Dak prescott's going to be a qb1 and this that and a third and my thing was okay that can happen because they were the number one offense last year but that defense isn't stopping anybody they they're gonna have to put up 50 points a game and now when i said that i may be i may have been talking tongue in cheek, tongue in cheek but as this season has gone their offense has to put up 50 points a game for them to win and now that Dak's hurt they can't and that's just when Dak got hurt and Andy Dalton came in and we saw what he looked like against Arizona on Monday, that is a bit like the, uh, even the Giants and the Giants in Washington can also feel this way, but they're not as talented as the Eagles. If the Eagles, the Eagles can get right in these next three games, also getting healthy because they're going to have 10 days um, before the Dallas game. Then they have a bye week. Then they get the Giants. Like this is their chance to get Deshaun healthy. He's going to play Thursday though. Well, hopefully he plays the whole game. Get Lane Johnson healthy. He's going to start, but you get he gets to have some time off to get his ankle, uh, ankle right. Get Dallas Goddard after the bye. Avante Maddox can come back soon. Um, Marcus Epps, wh- whatever. Kevon Wallace, who, <clears throat> excuse me, Kevon Wallace, who had a 
shoulder and uh, injury, a really scary shoulder injury uh, um, on a special teams play against Baltimore. Like you can start getting these guys healthy and you come out after the bye where, you know, you start to face yeah, Green Bay, Arizona, New Orleans, like you have Seattle, you have a tough schedule in the second half, but if you can get healthy, you can put some distance between you and the Cowboys in this division and you're, and you'll be able to sit guys towards the end or, and you won't have to have these, this must win game week 16 in Dallas, which to be for the division, but maybe you won't have to worry about it then. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's the getting these guys healthy. We have a far more talented team than any other team in the division. And that's the big thing is getting them healthy. And that's why like, we were talking about it over text a couple of days back about Goddard and J- Jalen Rager. They're a- able to come back this week. And my point was, I don't think that they're going to bring them back. I don't think they're going to rush them back. And there it is. Dallas Goddard won't be back until after the bye week. And Jalen Rager, I wouldn't be surprised if it was a similar situation where they're just going to wait until after the bye week and really make a post, post-trade post deadline second half of the year run to really get this division and to really take this division by storm with a healthy team. Because I think that they think that they can play with who they have and they can win with who mm-hmm. they have this I mean, they week did last and year. next week. Yeah, they did last year. Um, they beat Dallas in Philly, you know, with Greg Ward and Boston Sky. And um, even though they did have Zach Ertz, I'm surprised about Goddard only because of Ertz being out four to six weeks. If Ertz was healthy, I, okay, I, I would understand the whole Goddard not coming back until after the bye, and even though it still makes sense. But like, I, they they must have a lot of trust in Richard Rogers. In is Kroom's first name Josh? I don't even know. Jacob. Is it ja- Jacob? <laughs> Jacob Kroom and Hakeem. Or Butler. Jason. Jason. Sorry. Jason? <laughs> so you got to look at the the depth chart. Uh, Jason Kroom and Hakeem Butler. Um, <clears throat> the Eagles love to run that two tight end set. Now it's going to be interesting without Miles Sanders. So you have Boston Scott, uh, Richard Rodgers, uh, Travis. Like, who would have thought that this would be the offense week, what are we in, week seven? You look at, as we transition to talking about the Eagles-Giants game, you look at the starting offense with Wentz. You have Boston Scott, Richard Rodgers, Travis Fulgham, Greg Ward, Deshaun coming back off of an injury where he was out for four weeks. Your offensive line is Jordan Maialato, who's been really good who I keep at left tackle even when Jason Peters comes back and move him to right guard possibly. Um, Nate Herbig. And, I mean, we had, we saw um, Dris- Jack Driscoll last week. Um, we'll probably see Lane Johnson back, though. So, like, just thinking about like we, we thought that we saw all the injuries we were going to see last year. And this year, they, again, 2020, hold my beer, um, the Eagles injury situation is just off the walls ridiculous. Yeah, absolutely. And you just at this point, I really don't think you can blame it on medical staff. I really don't no. think yeah, it comes down to medical that, yeah. staff. I think it comes down. I don't even think it comes down to how Doug Peterson runs a practice anymore. I just think this is where people come to to have their careers ended <laughs> to get injured. Like you just like because like I've talked at length with the fantasy doc, football doctor and I brought him on a couple times and we talked about it. You can't blame a medical staff for this stuff. You can't, you just can't blame a training staff. You can't blame a medical staff. It's just what it is. Players get injured and it just so happens that when you watch our games, there are a bunch of awkward injuries. There are guys rolling <laughs> up on guys. There are guys just 
Zach Ertz just landed funny, like he came up limping. It was just a weird land on his ankle or twist of the ankle. Like, that's all it is. It's just weird little tweaks in the game, and that's all it takes to get these injuries. And and I'm pretty sure the Philadelphia Eagles and the L.A. Chargers for the last three years have been going back and forth saying, watch me get more injuries than you, because they're two <laughs> of the teams that have had the worst luck when it comes to injuries. Yeah, all right. So the Eagles have the Giants. The Eagles are wearing their all-black unis, wearing them for somebody's funeral, in my in my opinion. Um the Eagles' defensive line, yes, uh, Malik Jackson's also hurt, um, but Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, Josh Sweat, Derek Barnett, um, Javon Hargrave, you're going up against an offensive line in the Giants that's not good at all. They don't have Saquon Barkley anymore. He, he's done. Um, they, they are going to be good at the, the receiver position, though. Darius Slayton, Sterling Shepard, Golden Tate, Evan Ingram, who, who's a really good athletic tight end. If the, the front four for the Eagles cannot get – to Daniel Jones, it, it could be a difficult time, especially we know what our linebacker situation is. Uh, we hate talking about it every week, but we seem to talk about how bad Nate, Jer- Nate Gary is because, well, he's the worst player in the NFL. Maybe Jamon Brown gave him a run for his money last week. Um, but it, it, it's going to be really interesting because the Eagles are going to have to get after Daniel Jones. We know he can move around in the pocket, and he's, he, he's not afraid to, to sling it around. There's one quarterback that's going to, to turn the ball over more than once. It's going to be Daniel Jones. So the Eagles have to take advantage of that, swipe at the football when they get near him. And Darius, I mean, I would not be shocked to see a Darius Slay interception uh, this week because of Daniel Jones just throwing it up. Absolutely. That's, if there's a week for a Darius Slay interception or Avante Maddox is back, if there's a get-right game for Avante Maddox and stuff, this is definitely going to be the game for them to get it right. And um yeah, like you said, that, that front four is going to really have to create a lot of pressure and wreak a lot of havoc in the back, and I think they still can without Malik Jackson. Josh Sweat, Derek Barnett, Vinnie Curry, Brandon Graham, even if it's an ed- ends game, it could really be an edge rushers game this game. If, as long as Javon Hargrave and Fletcher Cox and Hassan Ridgeway can just eat up the middle and eat up a couple extra bodies and just give enough of an opening for Sweat and Graham and Barnett to really wreak havoc, I think that's the biggest thing this week, and uh, you, I mean, you alluded to it, and it's going to be yet again another tough matchup to watch. Evan Ingram up against Nate Geary, because you know that that's where they're. You know that Evan Ingram is going to go wherever he is, and you know that he's going to try and create that mismatch. And um, I mean, we saw Davian Taylor last week, and we saw that man chase down Lamar Jackson, and Lamar Jackson ain't no slouch when he's running. That was mm-hmm. impressive. And that's what we're getting with some of those linebackers. I think more and more we need to see those linebackers out on the field, and and. Try and give him a chance. Yeah, like, who, who, nobody would have stopped Lamar Jackson on that play. Davion Taylor, the hustle, the two people around him who were kind of like giving up and jogging it out, and he was sprinting it out. He didn't mm-hmm. care if he if he got 25, 30 yards. He was like, you're not getting that touchdown. And uh, so that was really and, impressive. Yeah, and I would love to see T.J. Edwards get healthy because I would like to see our line uh, with what we have, the roster we have. I would like to see a T.J. Edwards, Davion Taylor, Sean Bradley linebacker course i want to see what they can do i want to see we got to get let the young guys play like are so inept right now that like they're just being they're a negative aspect of, of of a game plan a team's game plan to go after our linebackers and it works so let's put other bodies out there um you know and you're right Evan heaven ingram could have a big game we'll see um you know Devonte freeman i mean it is what it is like I, that offensive line's bad. 
he shouldn't have a big game against us. But when you look at this um, Giants defense, um, Boston Scott had a big game. Remember the game last year in, in Jersey? Um, mm-hmm. He had that the slowest spin move I've ever seen in my life. Um, but he, you know, he had a big game. It'll be interesting to see. Um, Blake Martinez is the leader of this defense in the middle. He is one that gets after you. He's going to make a lot of tackles. Um, James Bradbury also. James Bradbury, you know, he is, who's he going to be? Is he going to be on Fogelman? Is he going to be on Deshaun? Um, we'll see. Um, and Mylotta up against Dexter Lawrence. It'd be another. And Leonard Williams up against either Mylotta or if it's Lane, I believe who I think is going to start Lane Johnson. Like these are a bunch of matchups that the Eagles have the advantage. And this game, even though whenever Eagles Giants play, it always seems like it's a close game. Like this, this, the next three games, as I mentioned earlier, these are get right games for the Eagles. Not only can they get healthy, but you could start getting healthy offensively in terms of being able to move the football, getting the run game going, um, getting some of these, when you bring, when with a Deshaun coming back, with an Alshon possibly coming back soon, you know, you can get these guys acclimated into the game plan. If you want to get more plays for Jalen Hurts, get him acclimated into the game plan to where as you hit the tough part of the schedule um, after the Giants, you know, when you're going to go up against Green Bay, New Orleans, Seattle, um, when you're going to hit this rough, rough patch, you'll have some type of a, of an identity that you're able to fall back on. Yeah, definitely. No, I I couldn't agree more on that aspect. Like this is like a glorified practice. This is a good opportunity to try. Yeah. Like even a preseason game. This is a, this is a game where you can really try things out, test players out if you can get a bit of a lead. And even if you can't get a bit of a lead, it's not a bad thing to put these guys in this circumstance, in this situation where they need to play, where they really need to play their hearts and really need to try and really have to take that next step up, that next man up mentality to heart. So it's a good opportunity for that to happen. And I really hope that they do for I really hope that Jim Schwartz says, I'm going to give these guys a try. Take a seat, Nate, Gary, for a few plays. I want to see what I got in these guys. I really hope that he does do that. And he really made sets a good he has a good chance to to set a different example by putting these players in in this situation. Same on the offensive side of ball. I'm interested to see what they do with the tight end position. I know I get laughed at for talking about Hakeem Butler, but at the end of the day, I think that that's a really intriguing thing because when with this is as golden of an opportunity as you're going to get to see what he can do at the tight end position, what he can do at the wide receiver position, what he can do in general for your team, and he could be the reason that you can cut a J.J. ortega Whiteside. He could be a reason. He could be a guy who can give you very flexible playing options. So it'll be interesting to see what they do there tonight with Rodgers, Kroom, and, and Butler. Yeah, and um, speaking of JJ, I think a white side. Did you see him celebrate his first uh, touchdown like he actually did something? Like he his first and only touchdown. Oh my love. I was I was watching the game and I was like, he was like uh, Bobby Boucher out there. Mama, I did it. It was funny. Just his celebration. Um, but yeah, um, this is this is a game that the, the Eagles should win. If they don't win, then like that's it. If you don't win this game against the Giants, there's no more talking about the NFC East. There's no more talking playoffs. That's it. You you cannot lose this game at home to this Giants team that is not good at all. They don't, yeah, they, I think at this they're point, they're not a good team. Pack it in and sell. I know that there's rumors going. Out. There was rumors last week that we were going to be buyers. There's now rumors this week that we're going to be sellers. sellers. Whatever we Nobody are, knows. I think 
Last week I said it, and this week I stand by it. I think we should be sellers. We should get rid of what we know we're not going to need, what we know we can't resign. And I know that there's going to be a lot of upset people about the Yannick Nagaku deal. But at the end of the day, it's the same situation. Minnesota only brought him in for that one year. They thought they were going to be a lot better. They're trash right now. They so are they, garbage. They, they shipped him out. They moved him out for whatever pieces they could get. They wanted to get something back. They lost pieces to get him. They wanted to get some of those pieces back. And they know that they can't re-sign him. And the Ravens went and got him because the Ravens are there. They're in that Super Bowl picture. You know that they're going to be in that Super Bowl picture. It's pretty much them and the Chiefs at the top of the AFC right now. Um, so obviously it was a smart move by them. And, and they continue to make win-now moves. And at this point, we need to continue to retool. And at this, like at the beginning of the year, we said retool on the fly. At this point, you don't have to retool on the fly. You have to retool, retool properly, retool right because at this point, any missteps is costing us more and more money and is costing us more and more on the cap and could be costing us more and more assets. So just retool at your own pace and make the right decisions. Yeah, um, it'll be interesting to see what happens um, going forward because these, these next three games, I can't you know harp upon it. These are very important games. They're division games, um, really winnable games. Um, with two at home and one, you know, in Jersey, which is right up the turnpike um, here in Philly, like after the bye, like you cannot lose these games. And Doug also has to be smart, like going for two the first, when they were down 17 after their first touchdown last week. If you don't go for two there and you kick the field goal, you don't have to go for two at the end. You kick the field goal, you go to overtime. So like, I feel like if we remember the, the Cincinnati game and everybody was talking about. Doug wasn't aggressive enough. I feel like he's now overdoing it, where he's being really aggressive, whether it's going for two, going for it on fourth down. Um, like, Doug has to find this balance, and hopefully he's able to find the balance because it cost them, but it possibly cost them that game last week. Yeah, def I definitely would say that it cost us that game last week. It was just really frustrating to watch when he went for two and he ran that option with Hertz, and then he went for two and ran that option with Wentz after yeah. failing to get any sort of run game going for the majority of the for three quarters of that day. That's just not the right play call. You've opened you opened up your playbook. You opened up that defense. You got some killer plays against Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Peters, and they are no slouch for a secondary. Mm -hmm. You were really opening it up with that pass game. And then on two two-point convert, one unnecessary two-point convert. And then on the ne necessary two-point convert, you run the same option play and think that they're not going to be prepared for that. They've been creating pressure and wreaking havoc all day. He he was pressured. I think I put it on uh, put it on our Twitter page. Carson Wentz was pressured on 51% of his dropbacks. If you Jesus. think an option play based on your analytics is a good play in that situation, you need a new analytics department because he was getting hit. They were getting pressure and they were in that backfield constantly. Um, but he did have a decent amount of time to throw the ball. I think when I was looking, he was in the middle of the pack for average time to throw the ball. But when you're talking average time to throw the ball, you're talking he had about at the max three seconds to throw a ball. So an option play is not quick enough to make a decision and it's not quick enough to make the right play call. And, and like when you're that close, an option play there, whether you run it, whether you pass it, whether you, whether you run it, or whether you pull it and pass it, it's a really, really tight situation to call it in. And he did it twice and it failed twice. And I think in the future, don't run option plays against those types of offense or those types of defensive lines, especially when you have one offensive line starter from week one. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I definitely agree with you there. It was just really bad play calls. And the, the Baltimore defense was prepared for them. They, they kind of ran on all four two-point conversions that the Eagles ran. I think they ran four last week. I don't think Baltimore's defense did anything different. Um, and, and you saw what happened on the first one and where Jalen Hurts kind of – it was just bad. Bad play calls uh, by by Doug Peterson, and he and I know obviously hindsight being twenty twenty shouldn't have kicked should, shouldn't have, excuse me shouldn't have went for two should have kicked the field goal and you know you're you're playing for that the overtime where where if Elliott kicks the field goal at the end you know you go to OT against this really good Ravens team that that has Super Bowl aspirations and the Eagles have been playing up to their level of competition they they haven't gotten wins these last couple of weeks but they've been playing really well with with the bodies that they have. You know, this Giants game, you cannot play down to the level. You have to come out right off the get and go, you go down the field and score. Put your, like, you cannot allow this team to be in the game in the second half because if they're in the game in the second half, you know, teams that are underdogs, and it's not a big under, like, if we can go back to last week's game where the Eagles were like 10-point underdogs, but they were in the game in, in that fourth quarter, and that gave them life. You know, while the Eagles are only four-and-a-half-point favorites right now, which – Came down from, I think it started out at seven and a half. So a lot of people betting the Giants, even though the Giants haven't beaten the Eagles in what, like seven years, it seems like. Um, the, the Eagles, you, you cannot allow the Giants to stay in this game because Daniel Jones can break the pocket here and there and throw one downfield, finding, you know, Darius Slayton, who beat us a couple times last year, and, and that be a game winner. You know, the, 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 the radio, the sports radio will be on fire tomorrow if the Eagles find a way to lose this game. Definitely. And another fun fact, Pat McAfee had a uh, he has this guy who comes on and kind of talks about uh, talks about some betting odds and like some interesting facts about betting. And Carson Wentz, 4-0 on Thursday nights. And if mm-hmm. you're a betting person, 4-0 against the spread. So I think that Carson, Carson Wentz owns Thursday nights. And, and I think this is the third t- third time that they've played the Giants on Thursday nights. I know last year they played them on Thursday night in Philly. Um, they, they, a lot of the times, you know, the NFL Network, Fox, they like to get these rivalry games. And there, there's we as fans, we all we love Eagles Cowboys. We love the week and, and what it leads up to. But Eagles Giants, especially the proximity of of where the Giants are and where the Eagles are and the fan bases like this, it, it doesn't beat it. And it stinks that we're in this pandemic right now because the link would be rocking tonight. Mm-hmm. But the fact that there's only going to be like 6,000 fans kind of stinks. But it's still like the atmosphere, the rivalry, when you get these two teams together, nothing be- nothing beats it. Definitely. I-, I can't wait for the game tonight. These next three games are massive games. We can lose one, but you can't lose no. more than one or no, else your chances are pretty low. But yeah, the- your chances are pretty low if you lose one. So you can't lose more than one. But, I mean, you can maybe give one, but you really shouldn't give any. You should get these yeah. three games, and you really have a chance. Yeah, definitely. All right, so before we get to our, our predictions and, and kind of our keys to the game for Eagles-Giants, we always like to give our unheralded player of the week from the previous week in the NFL. Um, I have one. I'll go first, Connor. I'm going to go mm-hmm. with Buda Baker for the Arizona Cardinals. He had seven tackles, a sack, an interception, a forced fumble, he was all over the place. He forced uh, uh, um, Zeke's first fumble. He he just could, he he's a really good safety. Um, so you know that was picked out of the University of Washington. I think the year we took, I think that's the year we took Derek Barnett. Um, is when Buda Baker came out. He got paid this uh, a couple weeks back. 
one of the highest paid safeties in the game, if not the highest paid safety. Uh, he dominated the Dallas Cowboys on, on Monday night. And it was fun to see, you know, being, being an Eagles fan and, and us, what happened to us on Sunday and what's happened to our season so far. At least we're not Dallas. Like, they're imploding inside. Player anonymously, players anonymously calling out coaching staff. It's, it's a beautiful thing to see what's happening down in Texas. 100%. I completely agree. And for mine, he's not really an unheralded player because a lot of people know him, but I felt I've always been on his side through the offseason. No, I've oh, always really? been on his side and I felt he was disrespected through much of the offseason despite some of the acquisitions that were made around him. Ronald Jones, he's coming off his third straight 100 okay. yard game. And when LaShawn McCoy came in, they were like, oh my God, look out, here comes McCoy for his job. Then when Leonard Fournette came in, oh my God, look out, Leonard Fournette's coming for his job. Listen, the guy has issues with drops, and I understand that, and I can fully get why that could be an issue, but that's his backfield. That's three straight 100-yard games, and he is rolling out of that backfield no matter who you put beside him or no matter who might be threatening his job. So he was really... I think he's been disrespected. I think he's been underrated. And I always stood by him through the offseason from a fantasy perspective, which means I stand by him in a real-life perspective just as much. <laughs> I thought you were going to go Tim Patrick. He had a good game against uh, New England. He had another good game, second straight 100-yard game. Yeah. He, and he I know you're up I there, know, too. Yeah, I know you're high on him. Um, I think I called him last week, so I can't go on Harold to back-to-back. So. Did you? Okay, okay. All right. So now Eagles-Giants. Eagles are four-and-a-half-point favorites. Wearing their all blacks tonight. I wish they would go all green one one of these times. I, I, I like the all green. When I play Madden, I like to do the color rush uniforms. I do green on green. I think it looks awesome. That's just me. Um, what are your, your keys to this game? And then a score prediction. Keys to the game is that Evan Ingram versus the linebackers matchup. And just like we alluded to uh, a little bit earlier, that defensive line and creating the pressure. Um, and a third one for me would be on the third one on the offensive side of the ball would be the tight ends. What they're going to do with the tight ends. Are you going to be able to put roll out two tight end sets with confidence? And what are you going to do with that? What are you going to do with a guy who's so flexible, like Hakeem Butler and stuff? So those are my three keys to this game. My score prediction. I honestly think that it's going to be a really close game. I'm thinking 24, 21 for the, wow. but I think oh we come my. out with the win, but I think it stays really close. That, that that'll be the Giants do play hard. I'll give them that. They play hard. Divisional matchups, man. You never That's want true. to predict too much of a blowout in a divisional matchup because rarely do you see these crazy blowouts. Yeah, that's true. Um, I want to see if how the Eagles get Deshaun Jackson involved and if he can stay help stay on the field. Like, are they going to throw the ball down the field? We know it'll either it'll probably be James Brad- Bradbury on him with Logan Ryan or Jabril Pepper, you know, over the top. I also want to see what kind of packages they, they get for um, Jalen Hurts. What's he going to do? Is it, is it going to just be like five plays? Or are they going to get him involved in more 10 to 15 plays? Um, and will he throw the ball? Uh, we know that the offense finally p- started picking up steam last week after a quarter and a half of just doing nothing. They had negative yards after the, fir- after the first quarter. And then, you know, Hurts came in, got a 20-yard run, and finally got the offense rolling. So I'd, I definitely want to see the package that – Jalen Hurts you know, is going to be involved in, and what are they going to do with him? On the defensive side of the ball, you have to win your matchups up front because this offensive line is not good, and if you can get to Daniel Jones, you can force turnovers, and that's all you're looking for. And hopefully you, know, you don't have these one-on-one where Evan Ingram, or Ster- Evan Ingram against Nate Jerry or Sterling Shepard against Dekel Roby Coleman or Avante Matt. Like, I-, I have faith in what 
Darius Slay's going to do on his side. It's that other side that, that I'm worried about. So I'm interested in to see those battles. And you're right, division matchup, you know, it, these two teams always play each other tough, and it doesn't matter to the record. Um, the Giants, while they're not good, you know, they've been playing really well. Joe Judge has them um, playing hard. You know, they don't they haven't quit like the say the Jets have um, the other team that plays in their stadium. But I am going to take the Eagles to win. I think they're going to win 27 to 20. Um, it'll be a, a close game and we'll be sitting here. It, it, it won't be a game where we're, you know, enjoying it in the second half. It'll be close, a lot closer than it should be. Um, but the Eagles are going to come away with the victory, improve to two, four, and one. And if Dallas loses to Washington this week, the Eagles are going to be in first place in the NFC East. Can't wait. And yeah, to, to, to piggyback on that point about Judge, I thought Judge reminds me so much of Brian Flores with the way that he got gets his team's respect, his players' respect, and he has that no-quit mentality. I do have to admit, as of right now, despite their 1-5 record, I was wrong on Judge. He seems like he's going to end up being a pretty solid head coaching candidate, but he also it also helps he's got some really well-versed and veteran coordinators around him as well, which helped that as well. Yeah, Jason Garrett, uh, Freddie Kitchen, even though he was a disaster in Cleveland. Um, he's yeah, a coordinator. I mean, At the end of the day, he's not head coach. He's a coordinator, and it, Same it with Jason fits Garrett. him so much better. Same with Jason Garrett. It fits them both. Um, so, yeah, definitely. Fly goes fly, oh, yeah. baby. Let's get this win. <laughs> yes, sir. Let's get a win. Let's get to hopefully get in first place and get, get ready for our favorite week of the year, Cowboys Week. For, again, as always, follow us on Twitter at Kelly Green Hour. Connor's at Connor T-E-N, and I'm at LJ Harrell 54 uh, One of us will be on the Twitter tonight as the Eagles and Giants do battle. The NFC's rivalry is back. For Connor, I'm LJ. Thank you for listening to the Kelly Green Hour.